If God is able, we are able. Welcome to the One Cause Church podcast with Pastor Eric Holler. I am happy to be here despite the Denver Broncos yesterday. God, it's painful. I came here to get healed up today. Glad all of you are here with us. Oh, hallelujah. All right, let's get over. Let's get past football. Let's go into some good things. I'm so happy you're here today, and I want you to take your Bibles and turn to the book of Colossians chapter 4. Last week, we began a series we called I Will, and what we are doing is implementing and instituting, maybe for the, maybe for the first time, or just, just getting recharged up on our spiritual habits, our spiritual habits for good Christian living. And one of the things is, the first thing we talked about last week was reading our Bibles every day. And it's just as simple as the little Sunday school song I learned, read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. And and you will. You will grow. A daily routine in the Word of God is necessary for the life of the Christian. It's necessary for the growth of your life and the understanding of God and his promises and his will and your future, who you are, all those things are found in the treasure of his, of his word and really who Jesus is, who we are really all about, who God is all about. He made everything of him, through him, and for him. And he's the reason why we're here today. And it's by his name that men call upon his name and they receive a whole new life. They're saved and changed forever. And today, we're going to continue in this I Will series about praying every day, too. It's important, Christian, that you have a custom, you have a a habit of praying every day, connecting with your source of power, connecting with your source of life. Your life is no longer your own as a child of God. You belong to Him, so therefore, it's, it's imperative that you connect with Him as regularly as possible. So in Colossians chapter 4, before you, if you're already there, hold your place. I've just got to tell you about this little nun. And uh, she was sitting with um, Mother Superior. They were talking and she said, uh, Mother, I have a confession to make. I'm, I said some really bad language this week and I just feel terrible about it. And her elder said, well, well what happened? I mean, I, she said, well, I went golfing this week and I, I hit a drive and I, I knew it was going to exceed 280 yards. I mean, it was beautiful. But it went up a little high and it hit a phone wire and just dropped straight to the ground about 100 yards into it. And the mother superior said, is, is that when you swore? She said, no, no. That, uh, after that, a squirrel ran out of the bushes and, and grabbed my golf ball in its mouth and began to run away. And, and, and mother superior said, well, is that when you said the bad language? She said, no. Now, as the squirrel was running, though, this, this eagle swooped down out of the sky and grabbed it in his talons and began to fly away. She said, oh, my, so is that when you cussed? And she said, no, no, the eagle carried the squirrel away in its claws, but it, it flew near the green, and, and the squirrel dropped the ball. Uh, did you swear then? She said, no, because the ball fell on a big rock, and it bounced over the sand trap, rolled onto the green, stopped just one foot from the hole. <laughs> Mother Superior sat there for a moment and sighed and asked, you missed the putt, didn't you? (laughs) In order for you, how many of you here have a social media account? Say Facebook or Twitter, Instagram, whatever, email. 
or you do your online banking, there's access that you have to places on different websites, on your computer, but there are things that are required for you to do that. One, you have to have a username, you have to have a password. And once you do that, though, you're able to log in to access the information that you've desired. God has given this wonderful thing, this wonderful avenue called prayer. That is that we are able to log into heaven and it's wireless, free Wi-Fi all the time, no strings attached. And he's given us this username, the name that is above every name. His name is Jesus. And he's given us this password called his word. And through that, we have access into every good thing that God has for us, life and that more abundantly. So Jesus said, you'll no longer ask me anything. I tell you the truth, my father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask, and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. Now, Colossians chapter 4, verse 2 says this, Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Hallelujah. There's three keys to prayer that gets results. Persistence, continue earnestly in prayer, perception, being vigilant or watchful in it, and persuasion with thanksgiving. Father, I thank you now for your precious promises. Thank you for this moment that I have, the privilege to teach the body of Christ your word, God, to rightly divide the word of truth. And I thank you, God, for your anointing upon me to do this. Thank you that you grace my lips. And God, that the, the hearers today will have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ, that this word will take deep root into our lives, God, so that we can become better, that we can be molded more into the image of your dear son, even today, as we leave here today, we'll know you better. We'll be better, God, and we'll walk a better walk. We'll live a better life in Jesus' name. Amen. Notice he says, continue earnestly in prayer. Everybody say persistence. Persistence in prayer is best practice in a daily routine of coming before God and speaking to him. I highly recommend it be the very first thing that you do to connect with God. Like I said earlier, your life does not belong to you. It belongs to him. The moment you confess Jesus is Lord, that means that you put your whole life in his control. You said, my life is yours. I'm not going living life by my own wishes for my own desires. I'm living my life for him. And all of your desires and those things, because of your love for him, line up with his kind of lifestyle. Hallelujah. Dictionary.com defines earnest as serious in intention, purpose, or effort, sincerely zealous, showing depth and sincerity of feeling, seriously important, demanding or receiving serious attention. What he's saying is continue earnestly. Be serious in your persistence in prayer. Feel the urgency of it. Feel the importance of it. Understand that this is vital to your life and very possibly vital to other people's lives. Amen. You can change things by going to God in prayer. Amen. Jesus said this. Listen to the importance that he puts on prayer. Luke 18, 1. Then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. See, what Jesus told us is that prayer is your way to stay in hope. Yes. Prayer is your way that even when you're weary, you don't give up. 
That constant communication with God keeps you in a constant state of expectation that anything is possible because you're connected to God who is greater, greater than your circumstances, greater than whatever challenges you're facing in this world. He is greater. Hallelujah. And as long as you stay connected to him, your heart stays full of hope. Amen. First Thessalonians 5.17, Paul says, pray without ceasing. Amen. Well, how can I get anything done? I don't know. Just try it. Just try it. Just try it and see. I think you'll find you get a whole lot more accomplished than you thought you ever could. Because when you've got him undergirding you with his strength, with his spirit, oh, life gets easier. Amen. Paul teaches us in Romans 12 to continue steadfastly in prayer. The believer, we are designed to have a custom. Jesus had a custom of going to prayer. Our great forefathers of the faith had customs of going to prayer. They had the hour of prayer that they always met. You know how important it was. And Peter even talked about, we, you know, we're not going to get caught up on all the busyness of church, all this stuff. We are going to devote ourselves, dedicate ourselves to prayer and the Word. Amen. Amen. This, this is your faith in action. Faith, faith comes by hearing, and I've taught you this over and over again, but faith is released by what? Speaking. Your faith is released in your confession of faith, by your declaration, by your saying what God has said. Connecting to him, I believe, therefore I speak. That's the, the spirit of faith. Your daily walk of faith is expressed in your daily prayer. Amen. I mean, just think of the, the tiny, insignificant little postage stamp. The postage stamp on the corner of the envelope shows us what is possible to achieve if you stick to something until it's finished. Amen. I mean, inconspicuously, just stuck there on the corner, it provides the impetus to keep moving until the entire packet reaches its ultimate destination. The influence that you may have upon your business, your job, your career, your family, your church, your own life is immeasurable if you have this persistence to pray. Amen. Stick to it. Believe that when you ask, you will receive. Believe that as you seek him, you will find him. Hallelujah. Believe that when you knock, that door will open. Amen. That's what Jesus guaranteed us, all of those things. It's beautiful. And it's an absolute certainty, if you've been a Christian for more than five minutes, that you are going to face or encounter obstacles from prayer to keep you from going to God, to keep you from hitting your knees and seeking the Lord. You're going to find all kinds of reasons why you don't have time. But the more you do it, the better you get at it. The more important it comes, becomes to you, the more joy that you get from it. Don't lose heart. Someone is depending on you to pray. Even if it's your own self. Somebody's depending on you to pray. If you have your YouVersion app, I meant to tell you this in the beginning. You can follow my notes today. There's a few things on there for you. But I also have on that app given you lots of scriptures to pray, all right? Um, if you don't have that app and don't have access to it, we have a few copies of this. I've just written out prayer promises here, and you can come and get one after the service is over. And these are scriptures that you can put along in your prayer and make them personal when you're connecting with God. Because what, what, what that does for you is that when you learn how to talk to God more effectively by learning what's in his word, by, by coming to him on his terms, see, Apply his precious promises 
to your conversation with him. And it's, it's, it builds your faith. It gives you your prayers the power to become reality. Amen. So I've given you lots of scriptures here, even a few specific things that you can be praying for. Prayer for your needs, prayer for encouragement, prayer for healing, uh, a whole list of scriptures there. So that's for your, a resource for you to take and to use. Um, you know, some of you, I, I've had people tell me this, well, Pastor, I don't really know what to say when I pray. I don't really know what I do. Well, here's, here's a, a simple thing to do. Write down some things to pray about. Just write out your needs. Write out some people that you want to be praying for. Um, write, just write things out, situations to pray about. Keep the list in a place where you're going to see it on a regular basis so you know to connect with God concerning those things. Pray the scriptures as I've given you this, this list of things to pray for. Get the word of God in your mouth, amen, and, and build your faith and increase in your faith in his promises. Pray in the spirit. If you pray in the Holy Ghost, pray, pray, pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the spirit. I just don't believe that you can ever pray too much in the Spirit. I think Paul kind of had that opinion. I mean, he had the, the, the audacity to say, I thank my God that I pray in tongues more than you all. Well, there's only one way that he could know that is if he was constantly doing it. I mean, he had to just be confident that nobody prayed like he did. <laughs> he did all the time. Pray in the Spirit because there's, there's something beautiful that happens when you pray in the Spirit. The Bible says you speak, you speak mysteries, that you build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Spirit. You edify yourself. The church can be edified through praying in tongues and interpretation. All kinds of wonderful things can have lots of benefits to praying in the Spirit. But Romans chapter 8 taps us into a real important thing. In verse 25 says, um, uh, but if we hope for that which we do not see, then do we eagerly wait for it with patience. And verse 26 says, likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. Now, I love that about God. Just like we hope for that which we do not see, the Spirit, likewise, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. That means that God has a hope for you. That means God has a hope for you. In the same way that you hope for what you do not see, the Spirit helps you in your weaknesses. For you do not know what to pray as you ought. I've been there. You know, you've had that stirring, that kind of urgency in your, in your inner man. You, you, know, you know you need to say something, but you don't know what to say. Well, pray in the Spirit. Yes. That is your tool to know what to pray because the Spirit of God knows what to pray because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And in verse 28, which we all know pretty well, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, who are the called according to his purpose. Why? Because the Spirit of God has uttered the will of God. And the will of God is for good for us. Amen. So pray in the Spirit. Spend time talking in the Holy Ghost. And, and, and then another thing you might do is just a practical thing to do. Thank God for 10 new things every day. Even if you're just walking around the house, thank you for that washer. Thank you for that dryer. She's a wonderful wife. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Man, that should not have come out of my mouth. Thank you for, you know, whatever. Just thank him for 10 new things every day. Hallelujah. And like I said last week, remember the ABCs. Remember the ABCs I gave you last week? ABCs of Bible reading, but also apply this to your prayer life. A, appointment. Set the time, make the appointment. B, believe. Believe that what you're doing is important. Believe that when you pray, you get results. Believe that when you pray, it matters. Amen. That you are truly 
meeting with God. C, creativity. If you're bored with your prayer life, chances are God is too. All right? So spice it up a little bit. Get creative. Amen. Persist. Everybody say persistence. Now look at the next thing he says. Being vigilant in it. That is being vigilant in prayer. This, everybody say perception with me today. I've given you three Ps to go by today. Vigilant means to keep awake. To be watchful, to give strict attention to, to be cautious and active. What Paul is teaching us here is that this is you be earnest in prayer, but then you start looking for it to happen. You have this eye of expectancy, this eye that's watching for the results of those things that you've prayed for. You have this understanding, this perception that any time, anywhere, any place, it can manifest. Yes. The more you spend with him, the better you get to know him. And you can trust him. God can be trusted. If he said that you can have what you ask for, then you can have what you ask for. Don't put conditions on that. God didn't put conditions on it, except one, believe. Believe. Amen. This is about looking for results. A lot of times people pray and then just kind of go on with their life and just forget what they even prayed about. Aren't watchful to see the people that come by, the things that happened that the answer was there, but they missed it because they weren't watching for it. Didn't have that faith perspective be watchful. The answer's coming to you. Don't let it pass you by because you're distracted with other things. Remember, God is on your side, and he, he watches over his word to perform it. He's ever watchful. Your perspective must be one where you walk around expecting God to answer you, expecting your faith, your prayer to be materialized. Hallelujah. Some. A few years ago, I should say, uh, Heather and I had been gifted these uh, rings, gifted a, a, a set of, of wedding rings. We already had our own, so I just kind of had them tucked away, and uh, they came up missing. And so we realized that somebody had actually taken them. And uh, so we just, once we realized that, then we just, we prayed. We prayed, uh, uh, we released it to God. Said, Lord, we thank you for a sevenfold return on it. And just left it at that. And actually just said, you know what? We're just going to sew those rings then. I'm not going to let that eat at us. Just give them stuff. Somebody needed it worse than us, apparently. The ring that I'd been given to me had seven diamonds on it. Sometime later, we were having church. I believe it was on Dow Middle School. It might have been at Scott Johnson. But I don't want to say Dow Middle School. And one Sunday morning there, after we'd gotten everything set up, a handsome man and even more handsome wife walked into our church by the name of John and Jana Rogers. And uh, so I greeted, greeted them and talked to John for a second and got to ask him questions and ask him what, you know, what he was doing. He said, I'm going to be planning a church here in McKinney. And I was like, great, just don't talk to any of my people and we're good, you know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
that's, that's not what I said at all. As a matter of fact, we're, we're, we're church planners and we help ministers all the time in any way that we can. We pray for them. We're together in this thing. And so I, you know, I extended a welcome to them, told them, you know, we, any way that we can help you, we're glad to. By the way, that's a really nice ring you have on your finger. John deals in jewelry and has some really nice, it looked, at first I looked at it, it looked like a Super Bowl ring. And uh, I thought maybe it was some championship ring or something from college. I didn't know. And he just simply takes it off his finger and gives it to me. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, you don't have to do that. He said, no, let me me bless you with this. So, I mean, I'm not really a jewelry person. I mean, this is, I told the earlier service, I thought maybe with this ring, I could get me a a TV show on TBN. (laughs) I could look real good with that sparkly ring. Um, anyway, John and Jenna are here today. Good to see y'all. Time went by, and I'm sitting in class at Christ for the Nations, listening to Dad teach. And I'm looking, I'm just looking at that ring, and I'd never taken the time to really look at all the details of it. And so it had all these little diamonds in it, so I just start counting the diamonds because Dr. Holler was going a little long. So I was just... <laughs> um, <laughs> preacher's daydream too. And <laughs> so I'm, I just start counting the diamonds in this ring. 49 diamonds in this ring. I counted it three times. I said, I've had it all along? Seven times. Here it is on my finger. I didn't even, see, didn't even know it. I didn't even see it. And here it is. God is so faithful to his word. You just got to be watching for it. You got to be watching for the manifestation of that promise. That know that God is true. And let every man be a liar. Let God be true. Amen. He will perform his word. And this, our prayer to him is that vehicle by which carries our faith. Hallelujah. Speaking of being watchful and of things. Just this morning, I woke up at 2.30 after having an interesting dream. And um, I had a dream that I was in a house, a big house, a friend of mine's house that I've known for years. We used to play music together. Um, He was the drummer in my band. And in this dream, we were in his house. And the guy that I was with was the bass player in that band. His name is Darren Valentine. And Darren said, uh, we were going there to play music or something. We had all this stuff and equipment, and we got to the house, and there were people everywhere. And Darren said, no, we got to go up. We got to go up because that's where you and I are staying. So the access to get to the next level in the house was one of those pull-down staircases, you know, like to get up into an attic. So I pulled this thing down, and I pulled the ladder down, and I, and I saw Darren holding his base. I said, let me tell you, I'll just get up there, and then you just start handing stuff up to me. So I got up to the second level, and he hands the stuff up, and we stand up there, and my dad is there. Pastor Terry Sparks from Sulphur Springs is there, a longtime friend of our family and uh, of our ministry as well. And, and, and there's just people everywhere. And Darren said, no, Charlie wants us to stay on the third level. And so we got to go up again. And I was like, we're going in the attic? Why would he put us in the attic? There's really? Of all of this, we're going up to the attic. So again, there's another pull-down staircase, and I unfold the stairs again and make our way up, and when I get up there, it's beautiful. 
It's this beautiful new room that's up there, new carpet and new bed, and there's even a beautiful dresser with a vase with a flower in the vase. So detailed. And even there was a rail around one part of that room that looked out over all the rest of the house, and it's just teeming with people. And here in a little bit, kids from our church start coming up to that room. Ava Reese and Riley Burke and, and these other ki- kids are running around. They're just having a great time. And we're just kind of mingling. And then I woke up and uh, I said, that was no ordinary dream. And I began to ask the Lord what that meant. What is this dream? I know you're speaking to me. What does this mean? What does three mean? <gasps> well, then I remembered. Tuesday at a staff meeting, I told our staff, I want to go to three services this year in McKinney. It's time for us to step out and increase and push this momentum and just get out there in faith with God and see what happens. And after kind of a frustrating conversation we had for a while (laughs) of how shall these things be, the details, the people, the volunteers, the time. Sunday afternoon at 1 o'clock, we want to do a church service? Yeah. What do you think? And then I'm back here, 2.30 this morning, three levels in this big house. I said, Lord, that's, that's what it is. You're saying, okay, you're in it. So I was excited, and I laid there and just dreamed for a while. And then I thought, oh, I got to go to sleep. I got church to pastor tomorrow. So I went to sleep and woke up and told Heather about the dream, went to my office, otherwise known as Starbucks, and <laughs> was finishing up the message this morning. I called Dad and told him this, the dream, and he helped fill some things in. I'll, I'll share it all with you some other time. It's really powerful. just knew God was speaking to me. And so I called Heather. I said, honey, I think I'm just going to tell the church today. I know that we don't have it all set in stone but let's do it. Let's just do it. And she said, go for it. I hang up the phone with her, and I'm finishing up putting all my, as Heather's uncle says from, from uh, Kansas, getting all my G-jaws together. <laughs> my, a text message comes in from Hunter Patton from Louisiana. I remember Hunter. Can't miss him. Big man. Just moved, moved away from us some time ago to be with his parents out there. Let me just read this text message to you. Hey, Pastor Eric, I had a dream last night that you all opened up another church. Is that extraordinary? So, Easter Sunday, we will have three services. From that day forward, we will have three services here in McKinney. Amen. So over the next few weeks, we're going to be, you know, putting all of our things together, our sign up and getting the information out. Some of you are called to that service. You're called to serve in that service. You're called to help build that service. You're called to be a part of that story. Amen. So I want you to be praying about it. I need, I need, I need some of you here with me to commit to help that service. One o'clock on Sundays. Some of you who sleep late are going to love that. So... It'd be perfect for you. 9.30, 11, and 1 o'clock. Are you ready? Yes. Now do this with me, church. Pray for us. Pray for this church. This is your church. This is our church. This is a big year for us. 
God is with us. This is the year for gathering. This is the year for expanding. This is a year of great momentum. Thank you for your enthusiasm. This, this is a year for a miracle giving. Hallelujah. This is the year for planning and for building. This, our church, one cause church is going up. And your life is going up as a result of it. I believe that with my whole heart. Amen. The right perspective is faith in God. Faith in God. Seeing things how God sees them. Jesus said, when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. My grandmother, my dad's mother said that praying over your food in public is just showing off. Yeah, whatever. My grandma had some strong opinions. Surely, Jesus said, surely I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room. When you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. If it was about praying long words, many, many sentences in a long time, the Muslims would have us beat hands down. So it can't be about just long, repetitious prayers. Got to be something more to it. It's called faith in God in the name of Jesus. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things that you have need of before you ask them. Boy, isn't that good? This means that when you talk to God, you can have an assurance that he loves you, that he knows your situation, he cares for you, and he will answer your prayer. Amen. So begging God is not an effective way to pray. Desperate prayers are ineffective prayers. Manipulative prayers don't move anything. Amen. Repetitious prayers are powerless to help. But persistence in prayer is different. And being watchful and having the right perspective, expecting any time that it will happen. And the last thing, Continue earnestly in prayer with being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Everybody say persuasion. See, thanksgiving is the attitude in your prayer. It says that you're convinced that when you pray, it's a done deal. It is praising God like it has already happened. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us to pray with thanksgiving so that our prayers move beyond So that our prayers move beyond, I wish this would work. I hope this happens. But rather, it's an assurance, it's done. Thank you, Lord, that when I come to you, you hear me. And when I know you hear me, I know I have what I've asked for. Thank you for that. Thank you that I am so entrenched in this relationship with you that you have elevated me to such a place called sonship. That just me being in your presence, I can just talk to you and act like it's mine because it is. See, when you're in the family, it's a whole different relationship. It's a whole different deal. Thanksgiving takes the guessing, the questioning, and the wondering out of your prayers. You're persuaded of only one thing. It is done. Our father Abraham did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith. How? Giving glory to God. Don't you know Abraham just went around saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you that my name is Abraham. Thank you that my baby boy Isaac is on his way. Thank you that my body is strong. I'm a father of a multitude of nations. And being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able 
to perform. He was persuaded of God's word and nothing else. Amen. Bill stopped in at Abe's little general store looking for a bottle of mustard, and the the shelves were loaded with salt, bags and bags of salt everywhere. Abe said that he had some mustard, but he'd have to go down to the cellar to to get it. And so Bill followed him down there, and and as he got down there, to his surprise, there were still more bags of salt everywhere he looked, on shelves, on the floor, stacked up bags and bags of salt. Say, said Bill, "Uh, Abe, you must sell a lot of salt in this store. Nah, said Abe sourly. I can't sell no salt. But that fella who sells me salt, boy, can he sell salt. (laughs) Your persuasion in prayer is not found in your ability to put all the right words together in all the right, with all the right emphasis in the right place and at the right time. It is being convinced of just simply one thing. God can, therefore God will. Hallelujah. And that God is genuinely interested in your situation. That he loves you and he wants you, he wants to be in every part of your life. Thanksgiving means that, that you're persuaded that God not only says it, but God actually performs it too. I don't think anybody questions God's ability. A lot of times people just question his willingness. Why would he show us his ability if he wouldn't be willing to do it? All he would just be doing is saying, look what I can do. <laughs> Sucker, too bad for you. Well, I could really do things for you. I've got all this ability. But he's good. And if he says he is able, then that means he is willing. David said, oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. And that very phrase became the battle cry under Jehoshaphat's reign when Israel was surrounded by enemies. Now, you have to be fully persuaded that you've heard from God when you send your choir out instead of an army to a battle. And as they began to give thanks to the Lord, the scripture says that the Lord confused their enemies and they turned their swords on one another. And Israel just watched all their enemies kill each other and die. By the, and all they did was stand there and say, give thanks to the Lord. For his, he is good and his mercy endures forever. And boy, was he ever good because they went in amongst all those dead bodies and took all their watches and rings and jewelry and wallets and just had a great day of gathering the spoil. Give thanks to the Lord at all times and in all things. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Persistence. Don't quit. Stay with it. Every day, connect with God. Every day, seek his face. Every day, trust in him. Every day, let your request be made known to God. Before you get anxious about something, before you run to a resource that the world can give you, go to God first. Just get in a habit of seeking him in everything. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Perception and be looking for it to happen. When you walk away from that prayer, go into action of watching, looking, expecting. And do it with an attitude of thanksgiving. Be persuaded that God can and he will perform what he says he will. Let's bow our heads. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We want to invite you to join us in service Sundays at 9.30 or 11 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Go to onecausechurch.com for locations and events. You can also like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at One Cause Church.